0: Good morning. Oh, come on, we finally have people in here. Y'all can do so much better than that. Good morning. morning. That's what I'm talking about. Let the people at home know that we're here today, right? Hey, I'm so glad that I'm back here with y'all at Western Hills. And If you're online, thank you for letting us into your home, letting us worship with you. And y'all just can't get rid of me. You know, you tried last week with the snow. You thought that that would get rid of me, but sorry, I'm just not going away that easy. I was the intern here for two summers, and I just love it here. I absolutely love it here at Western Hills, and so again, I can't thank y'all enough for for letting me come preach to y'all as we are in week two of our series, Reality Check, where we're looking at the cross as our reality check, and we're looking at Things that might cloud our reality with Jesus. Last week we looked at how our anxiety can cloud our reality with Jesus. And we took a look at a Bible project quote that says, Jesus is the key to understanding all of reality. Jesus is the key. That means that whenever we ask, okay, why are these things happening to me? I don't understand what's going on around me. I don't understand this circumstance. Why me? We ask God those questions like, I don't understand why I just can't catch a break and I just can't win. Jesus is the key to understanding our reality. So with Reality Check, we're also diving into the letter of Colossians. So last week, looked at chapter 1. This week, we got chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, please open them up to chapter 2 of Colossians. That's where we're going to be hanging out this morning. And before we dive in, I'd like to just share a story. And if you know me, if you've heard me preach multiple times, you know that I love sharing stories of of songs, of music, and including lyrics into my sermons, because I like diving into, okay, what's the meaning behind this? What's our takeaway behind these lyrics? And there's a great story behind this song that we're going to take a look at, and it starts off with a woman named Elvina Hall. Elvina Hall. She was sitting in her church choir pew, the same one that she sat in every single week, on a hot summer Sunday morning in 1865. 1865. And she knew that the service was about to wrap up because the preacher was just beginning his closing prayer, but this prayer just went on and on and on and on as sometimes a closing prayer might go. I'm sure that doesn't happen here. And her mind begins to wander. She starts thinking, is this guy going to say amen anytime soon so that we can get out of this, this sun? Her mind starts to wander, but not about, okay, what am I going to have for lunch? How many people am I going to have over for lunch? What are the Cowboys going to do this afternoon? She wasn't wondering or thinking about that. It'd be a hundred years until the Cowboys became a franchise, so clearly she wasn't thinking about that. Her mind began to wander and ponder about the cross. She started thinking, okay, why did Jesus go to the cross? What was his purpose? Why did he go there for me? She started thinking about a poem. She started thinking in poems. And so she didn't have anything to write on, so she grabbed her hymnal that was in front of her, opened up the front hardcover flap, and began to write this poem down which I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to write in a hymnal, but she did anyway. And she gave it to the preacher once he finally said amen. And the preacher looked at it and smiled, either because he knew she wasn't allowed to do that, or because the organist had just come up with a beautiful piece of music, but had no lyrics. And so this preacher, very smartly, took the melody from the organ player and the poem from Elvina Hall And those two became one in song. And we get these lyrics from this. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Y'all are going to be very glad that I did not sing that just then. It's a little too early for my voice to start going. Jesus paid it all. There's something very simplistic about those lyrics that is just beautiful. There's nothing ambiguous about it. We don't have to search for the meaning. Elvina Hall just gets right to the point. She says that on the cross, Jesus paid it all for us. And we love the first part of that chorus. The fact that Jesus paid it all, the fact that that he took all of my sins, all of my debts, all of my transgressions, all of my mistakes, and put them on the cross, and he paid for my wages. We love that first part. But the second part, all to him I owe. That one is a little harder for us to do. Jesus being our everything. Jesus being my number one, Jesus being my King, that before I do anything, I go to the cross and I go to Jesus Christ because He deserves my everything. He deserves all of me because sin had left a crimson stain. This is the kind of stain that when you're washing your red clothes, a white shirt accidentally gets thrown in there and... Now it's pink and there's nothing that can get that out. This is the stain I had a college professor tell me that on your favorite shirt, you know that kind of sweat stain you get on the collar, that no amount of washing, no amount of soap or scrubbing or bleach is ever going to get that stain out of your shirt. But Jesus does the impossible on the cross and He washes it white as snow. Where sin had left a crimson stain. Jesus paid it all, and all to him I owe. That's the reality with Jesus Christ. And what blocks us from seeing that, what blocks us from owing him everything, what blocks us from really having a reality with Jesus is our past Last week, it was our anxiety. This week, our past clouds our reality with Jesus. Maybe something that you've done, maybe who you were, maybe something that someone did to you has, has really clouded the way that you see Jesus, the way that you see people, the way you see the world, and it's clouded the way that you walk in this world. Our past clouds our reality with Jesus. And here's what Paul has to say in Colossians 2 about our reality, or about our past. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without human hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you See, what the Colossians are dealing with in this chapter 2, what Paul is addressing here is that they once lived a way of life that was according to the, the Greeks and according to the Romans, and it was not according to this way that Jesus Christ had laid out for them. And so Paul is saying that, yes, I may not be with you in person, But I am with you in spirit, and you have heard about Jesus Christ. You have received Jesus Christ. Therefore, you no longer have to walk in the way of your past, but you have a new direction with Christ. You have a new here and now, a new future, a new way of life with Christ, where you are rooted, grounded, established, and built up in this faith of Jesus Christ. You no longer have to walk in the way of your past because your debts that you once owed have been set aside and nailed to the cross. Let's take a look at verse 13 and 14 again because this is what we're doing every single week. We're addressing sort of the main point of each chapter and this is the main point of the chapter. It may even be the main point, I think, of... All of Colossians. So, if you're a highlighter, an underliner, a note taker, this is your verse for the week. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us our trespasses by canceling the record of debt, nailing it to the cross. This He set aside, nailing it to the cross. It's so beautiful in our past when we let our past cloud our reality with jesus when we let our our past get in the way of living a full life with jesus what we are doing is we are taking something that is nailed to the cross and we are trying to pull it back off of the cross and jesus has already nailed it there by the power of God on the cross by the workings of the cross you see what Jesus does on the cross is he is letting the power of God triumph over our past who we once were how we once acted power triumphs over our past and that's why Paul writes in Romans 1, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is God's power that gives salvation to all who believe. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. I might be a little ashamed of who I was, but that is not me anymore. I no longer walk in that life. I no longer act that way. I no longer am that person. I am made new in the cross And in the power of Jesus Christ, they give salvation to all who believe. It is by power that we are able to move forward. It is by power that we are able to overcome. It is by power that we are able to have a reality with Jesus. And the hard truth about our past is that it may not be necessarily what you did but what someone did to you that clouds our reality with Jesus. And that breaks my heart. That somebody caused you so much pain, that someone hurt you so bad, that you had to go through so much suffering, that now, it's really putting a strain on your relationship with others and with Jesus. There are people that have left the church, other churches, because of the way that the church has treated them. That's not what church is about. That's not why, why we come here. We come here, we come to church, we go to church because we, it is a place where the broken can be healed This is a place where where Jesus can come into our lives and we can feel made new. And we can go about our week knowing and being confident that the power of Christ is there for us. That Jesus paid it all for us. Church is a place where the orphan now has a home and a family. And Jesus in the power of the cross triumphs over your past and maybe your past it just haunts you and if you're like me and and you have trouble going to sleep sometimes and your mind is just racing and and sometimes your past just it's like like images or scenes just keep coming back from things that you've done you say but that's not me anymore i no longer want that to 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 take me over but i want to be able to overcome what i have done in the past. And it's the power of the cross that gives us that ability to overcome. Maybe you feel so weighed down by your debts and your regret and your shame and your guilt that has just been building up and you're ready to just take that off of your shoulders. Say, I'm done living that way. I I need a new way of life. See, because where... Colossians, what they're going through in walking in the ways of their past, Paul is saying you no longer have to walk in that way. And something that they are going through as well, what's happening around them is it's called mystical polytheism. There's your Bible nerd word for the day. Mystical polytheism. What that means is that the people there in Colossae are taking the Roman small g gods and the Greek small g gods and they're just lumping them together and they're saying, well, we can just put Jesus in there too. And we can put Yahweh in there as well with all these other gods so that all of our bases are covered. So we're good with the Romans, we're good with the Greeks, we're good with the Christians, we're good with the Jews, we're good with everybody. And what Paul is really saying that if you fall in line with what they are doing, this mystical polytheism that is discrediting the powerful work that is done on the cross. And for us, when we let our past cloud our reality with Jesus, when we let our past cloud our here and now and our future with Jesus, we are trying to pull that back off the cross. What we are doing is discrediting the powerful work that is done on On the cross. And Jesus does not deserve that. He's saying, Don't you know that your past is nailed to the cross, that I have set it aside for you? that you no longer have to live in that way, but you can have a reality with me. And the reality with Jesus, the reality check that is the cross, tells us that power triumphs over our past, and that where there was guilt, there is now grace. Where there was regret, there is now redemption. Where there was shame, there is now salvation. Because the powerful work On the cross. And we should not discredit the powerful work of the cross. Because Jesus paid it all for us. Therefore all to him I owe. I owe him all of me. He deserves all of me. He needs to be my everything. The only way I'm going to move forward from my past, the only way that I'm going to keep going, the only way that I'm going to have a better tomorrow is by moving forward with Christ as my everything. With Christ as my number one. That means that in our, our, our marriages, in our relationships, in our families, Christ is number one. When Riley and I get married, we've already made this agreement that Christ is going to be number one. And we're totally fine with being number two to Christ. Christ is your, your number one. He is your everything. He is everything that you owe to Him because He deserves as much. And Paul goes on in Colossians to tell us just what Christ needs to be in our lives. It says in verse 16, Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a sabbath these are a shadow of the things to come but the substance belongs to christ now you might be wondering where does verse 16 come from that's kind of a left turn What Paul is saying is that there are traditions in place. There are practices that they have been accustomed to and are doing. And these practices are fine. Paul is saying these practices are great. Practicing the Sabbath is incredible for you. Practicing festivals and celebrations are incredible for you. But they mean nothing if the substance of them, if the purpose of them, if the pursuit of them is not Christ. These are just a shadow of things to come. But the substance, the real deal, the crux of the matter is Jesus Christ. And the same is true for us. That when we do these these spiritual practices, when we do our devotionals, when we read our Bibles, when we come to church, these are all great and important for us to do. But the substance of it all, the meaning of it all, the pursuit of it all is Jesus Christ. Because all to Him I owe. And He deserves, because of what He did on the cross, the powerful work on the cross, He deserves to be our all. And He needs to be our substance. And in order for Christ to be our substance, for us to be able to move forward, to move on from 2020, let's just move on from 2020 already. In order to move forward, Jesus needs to be our substance and here's what we're going to do in order for Jesus to be our substance. Number one, we have to submit. Paul talks a lot about obedient faith and that's what pleases God, is obedient faith. And so the act of of submitting our past to Christ by saying, Jesus, this person really hurt me and I can't handle it, so I'm submitting it over to you or Jesus this mistake that I've made that I don't want to keep creeping back up and and taking over and ruining my day and clouding my reality with you Jesus I hand this over to you I am submitting this to you Now you've seen me do this while I've been while I've been saying that the reason for that being is for the about the last year or so whenever somebody is praying for me or saying a blessing over me I've had my hands out Like this, just as a way to receive their words, to receive what they are saying, but also to submit my petition and prayer to Jesus. And it's a simple, just posture of submission that all of us can start doing. It's just saying, Jesus, I, I submit. I literally, my hands are out here submitting this to you, submitting my past to you. Let your power overcome. And the second thing that we can do is subscribe. Now, we live in a day and age where we have way too many subscriptions, either to Netflix or Disney Plus or you name it, Hulu. And so, yes, we subscribe to those things. But the Google definition, because Google is very trustworthy, the Google definition says the act of signing up for weekly or monthly content. That's what it means to subscribe we need to sign up for daily content of Jesus. Subscribe to daily readings of the Word. Subscribe to the Bible Project podcast that we've been looking at the past two weeks. Subscribe to to going on lunches or having dinners with people that you are, are talking about what Jesus is doing today in your life. One of one of the favorite things that, that we did here at Western Hills during my second summer here was we did a young and old men's ministry where every single week we would meet at a different restaurant and we would read through the book of, of Joshua. And it was, it was so much fun because all of us took turns reading Scripture. And, and twice we had our server come up and either ask us, where do y'all go to church? And one even asked us, would you all mind praying for me? And it was so amazing. And I said, I'll pray for you, but I won't keep it long so that your mind doesn't wander like Elvina Hall. When we subscribe to the content of Jesus, what I love about the story of Elvina Hall is that her mind did not wander or think about things that, that she had done in her past or think about things that were off topic. Her mind wandered. She thought about Jesus. When when Jesus is on our mind constantly, daily, our minds wonder. We start thinking about Jesus. So we have to submit. And we have to, s- to subscribe in order for Christ to be our substance. In order for Him to be what fills us up, gives us life, gives us meaning. Last week I went to the movies and saw the new Wonder Woman, which that's a different conversation for another time. Whatever your thoughts are on that movie. And I went around dinner time and I had a huge thing of popcorn. And that was my dinner. And it was great. I love popcorn. But at the end of the day, I want meat. I need substance. I need something that fills me up to where I am so full that I can sleep easy that night. Jesus is substance. He's not along with all of these other gods. He is the God. Jesus did not go to the cross just to be a God. He went to the cross to be your God. And that's what he deserves because Jesus paid it all and all to him I owe. Can't let our past dictate our here and now and our future and cloud our reality with Jesus. But we must let the reality check of the cross let and let the power triumph over our past. Jesus paid it all and all to him I owe, because our past doesn't stand a chance against the cross. So let's practice that first S of submission. If you would, please, if you're at home, you can do this too. Just hold out your hands in submission, and I'm going to say a blessing over us this morning in closing may the lord bless you and keep you may his face shine upon you and give you peace for blessed is the lord god of israel king of the world first and last future and past from everlasting to everlasting amen and amen